This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Okay, good evening everyone. Shalom Aleichem, Bruchem Avoim, Parshas Shoiftim. Parshas Shoiftim, we're approaching uh, the Yom of Rosh Hashanah. Uh, the, we're continuing our Shurim on Sefer Devarim. The Shurim on Devarim is sponsored by our dear friend Dr. Zakheim, Umeshpachta Li'iloi Nishmas, Rabbi Shloim Eliezer ben Harav Yaakov Zakaim, and Lilia Nishmas, Dr. Zakaim's mother, who passed away last Thursday. Um, Rivka Basima, Shalma Shavana Aliyah, Began Eden Tehim Nuchasa, Biyamel Tsyashar, Abiyaskel Tzedak. Tonight's show is sponsored by our dear friend Rabbi Eliezer Jakubowitz, Lilia Nishmas, my grandfather, who passed away right after last Wednesday night's shir. Uh, today the Shiva was over of Shimon Yeshua ben Shmuel Yaakov and Lilo Nishmas, uh, Rabbi Eliezer Jacobus's grandfather, whose yard site was this past Shabbos, Moshe Yehuda ben Shloima Zalman. His Nisham Shabbat Aliyah, should be a male Tzosha for his whole family, Abiyas Gal Tzedek. If anybody wants uh, the Sefer on the uh, Yom Narum from Art Scrolls, actually right now out of stock, except for uh, these editions that's being reprinted, uh, Baruch Hashem. Um, also, the Sefer Ambracious is uh, imminently going to print. As Hashem, if anybody still wants to participate, then uh, please let us know. Okay, Parshas Shoiftim. We have a very unusual Tupsukim. I never took a poll. I don't think that people are even aware that these Tupsukim exist. This is about a little known episode and a mitzvah that nobody has ever fulfilled in the history of the world. You ever hear? There's a mitzvah in the Torah nobody has ever fulfilled, and it's a mitzvah that nobody is able to fulfill. It's, as far as I know, the only mitzvah in the Torah given for a particular circumstance that has not happened yet. So what is that referring to? Look at the psukim. Ve'im yarchev Hashem If God... Widens your boundaries. As he swore he would, and he gives you the whole land that he spoke, that he said he was going to give to your forefathers. And that will happen if you will keep all of this mitzvah to perform it. In other words, if God will give you all the land, then the Asafta Lacha, you will add for yourself Oid Shaloi Sharim, another three cities, Allah Shaloi Sha'ila, besides the three you already established. So, this, these Sukkim are talking about uh, setting up Are Miklat. Now, I would think that uh, just since this is Chodesh Elul, and Chodesh Elul is referred to as an Ir Miklat, you know that one of the Ramazim to uh, Elul is. Ina liyadai v'samti l'cha makay mashar yanoshama. Elul is compared to an Ari Miklat. If you uh, get a chance, if you can listen to Monday Shir, Monday Shir we spoke out 40 Ramazim to Elul in the Chumash. One for each day from Rosh Chodesh Elul until Yom Kippurim. And we spoke about the idea that there is no subject in the Torah that is more alluded to than Chodesh Elul. Nisan, as far as I know, has no remez in the Chumash. And Elul has 40. Tishrei, 
I don't know of any Ramazim to Tishrei, except for in the word Bereshis, Echad Bit Tishrei. But, and Elul has 40 Ramazim. So a few people shared with me, Elul has more than 40. And there's a Sefer Rimze Elul that has 120 Ramazim to the month of Elul. But one of the ideas of why there's so many Ramazim to Elul is because Elul is like an Are Miklat. It's like a city of refuge to save us from the uh, Yetzahara. And there's a halacha that the city of refuge, wherever you go, there needs to be a sign. City of refuge there, Are Miklat there, Are Miklat there. So since Are Miklat always requires signs and posters everywhere, therefore there always has to be signs for Elul. And it's uh, reasonable and it's understandable why in this week's parsha we have the mitzvah of establishing an Are Miklat because that's what the month of Elul is. However, if I would have been interpreting these psukim, nobody asked me. But if somebody would have asked me, and I would have written my interpretation, so I would have wrote, I would have understood. Yeah, if God widens uh, your boundaries, in other words, right now you uh, conquered Everlyarde in the Transjordan. If ever, and we know that Moshe Rabbeinu separated three Ari Miklat in the Everlyarde. What? Oh. The answer is, what? No, there were three in Eveliardin. So it's saying like this. You have three in Eveliardin, yeah? And if God ever widens your boundaries, in other words, if you ever conquer Israel proper, make another three. That's how I would have interpreted the Pesukim. In other words, they're primed to enter Eretz Yisrael. They didn't enter yet. Moshe Rabbein already separated three in Parshas Ba'eschanan. And then it says, And then it says, so it says that Moshe Rabbeinu separated three cities, so it's saying if you ever make it into the land of Israel, you know, if they ever open the borders and let in tourists, and you make it into Israel proper, then I want you to separate another three Aramekla. That's how I would have erroneously interpreted these psukim. But it comes Rashi, and Rashi says, no, it already understands, it already knows that you separated three Me'evelayardin. And it knows you separated three in Eretz Yisrael proper. And the Im Yarchiv refers to if one day God expands the boundaries of Israel even more than its current borders, then you have to separate another three Aramekla. Now what is this talking about? How would Israel ever get bigger? Rashi says, Kajar Eretz God swore to Abraham that he's going to give Abraham's descendants ten lands. We know that Eretz so proper is seven lands. Kanani, Chiti, Amoiri, Chivi, Girgashi, Yivusi, Prizi, right? The seven lands. However, really Avram Avinu was supposed to get ten lands, Keni, Knizi, Kadmoini, if you ever expand to those three countries, you need to separate another three Are Miklat. So you have three in Eveliardin, three in Israel proper, and three in Keni, Knizi, Kadmoini. Now, question, when will that be? When will Israel ever expand? And the answer is, when Mashiach comes. So this Pasuk is saying, if God ever widens your border, when will that be? When Mashiach comes, then you need to separate another three are Miklat. Hafla v'fela. This is the most explicit mention of Mashiach in the Chumash. Where else in the Chumash do you say anything about Mashiach? 
doesn't say it. Doesn't really say anything about the coming of Mashiach. Here it says, if God would ever widen your borders, you need to separate another three Arimik. Now, the biggest question of all is, which mitzvah, right? From the point of view of God saying, when Mashiach comes, do the following. So I would have said, when Mashiach comes, until now you're learning Gemara Rashi, when Mashiach comes you should learn with Tosis also. Or, until now, you're putting on regular tefillin, when Mashiach comes, put on tefillin on Rabbeinu Tam. I don't know. No, when Mashiach comes, you make sure you make more havens for murderers. Wow, what a beautiful idea, what a very inspiring thought. That when Mashiach comes, you need to make more hostels for murderers. That's the one mitzvah given to the Jewish people for the Yemais HaMashiach. Make sure that murderers are protected. It's question number two. I thought Mashiach is coming. What do you mean, V'im, Rabasi wants to know? What do you mean, if? If I widen? Uh, I thought, Ani Ma'amin, Be'amunah Shalema, V'viyas HaMashiach, V'yavajah, It's coming. It's a tenet of faith. It's not a question. Why would the Torah, the one reference for Mashiach is, and if. Now this is not just a Rashi, the Rambam Paskins the Halacha. Look in the Rambam, Halacha Ritzel, Paraches, Halacha Dad, Bimei HaMelech HaMashiach, Maisifin Shalosh Acheros Alelo. When the Mashiach comes, you're going to add another three other Ari Miklat, Al HaSheish. Shenemar, V'yasafta, Lecha Oid, Shalosh Arim, Al HaShosh Ela. Where do you add them? In the land of the Kani, the Knizi and the Kadmoni that Avraham was promised that one day uh, he will conquer the Kani, the Knizi, and the Kadmoni as well. And this is the mitzvah of the Imyarchiv Hashem Lekecha Eskevulcha. So here's a million dollar question. That's what we need when Mashiach comes? Uh, Are Miklat? I thought when Mashiach comes, you know, things are going to get better. I thought they're not going to be murderers when Mashiach comes. The Rabban writes in Parshas Nitzavim on the Pasuk, Umal Hashem Aleikecha God will circumcise your heart. By the way, another remez to Elal. Umal Hashem Aleikecha Es Levavcha Fies Levav Zarecha. So Elal. What does it mean God's going to circumcise your heart? I don't think anybody would be too pleased if at a bris milah, the moyel came in with, you know, extra surgical equipment, you know, the, what does it mean God's going to circumcise the heart? So the Ramban says that uh, when Hashem created the world, man was given free choice. I remember many years ago I was giving a shir, and I said, who believes that man has free choice to choose either to do the right thing or to do the wrong thing? And somebody raised their hand and he said, no, God makes everybody do what they do. So it's a good thing that gentleman attended that shir, because before the shir, he was an apikairas. He was a heretic, because Bechira uh, Chavshis is one of the tenets of Emuna. Other religions believe that people are coerced into their decisions, divinely coerced. But we believe, Be'amunah Shlema, that miraculously God withdrew His control over man's free choice, and He gave us the ability to choose. And nothing is uh, influencing us one way or the other. And this is true so long as the world has existed, but when Mashiach comes, the choice to do good will be natural. 
people will naturally be inclined to choose the right thing. See, right now, the Ramban says our hearts are coated and covered with chemda and taiva, with desire and passion. And there are things that cloud our ability to see things uh, clearly. And every time we make a decision, it's clouded by, yeah, I know what the right thing is, but I want, or I need, or I desire, or I wish. So the heart is, so to speak, clouded. But when Mashiach comes, God will circumcise the heart. The heart will be open and have the clarity of vision always to choose to do the right things like the heavenly angels. By the way, when we say angels don't have free choice, it's not that they are not capable of free choice. It's their clarity is such that they see things so absolutely clearly, they would never choose to do wrong. But it is possible for them to do wrong, as we find in Bereshus. The Malachim came down to this world, and they, they were influenced Lara. So when Mashiach comes, man will be inclined only to do good. Even though some people say, we want Mashiach now, but we don't. The Pasuk says in Kohelas, that uh, the days are coming, there are days that people say, we don't want. What days do we not want? We don't want Mashiach. Huh? I thought, we want Mashiach. Not really. Says the Gemara, because when Mashiach comes, then we're not going to really have free choice. And if we're not going to really have free choice, then we can't get rewarded for our mitzvahs. So, and that's the whole purpose of creation. We would rather be in the ring and the arena and overcome the temptation and get rewarded than uh, just sit there and it's, uh, it's an easy... In other words, who's going to be recognized? Someone who got 100 on an easy test or someone who got 100 on a difficult test? Of course, if you got 100 on a difficult test, you're deserving recognition. If you get 100 on an easy test, so you're not worthy of anything. That is why the Gemara says... Really, we don't want Mashiach to come. And if you lived in an era that Mashiach didn't come, it's because God loves you and He wants to give you more rewards. So, so how come we daven for Mashiach? The answer is because it's not good for us, it's good for the Rebbein Shalaylam. Because in this world, Hashem's name is not recognized and it's defiled and it's defamed. So it's not good for me and you, but it's good for God. So we daven for and we say Rebbein Shalom, even though it's better for us, to be in Golos is better for you, for the Gula to come. And Hashem says, okay, if you're davening for Mashiach to come for my sake, then I'll make it good for you for Mashiach to come because you want it for me. But really, on a, inherently, it's not good for us. Hey, I never heard that before. That's a, a fundamental uh, understanding of what Yom Mashiach is. It's Ein Bohem Chetetz. We don't want it for ourselves, we want it for the Rebbein Shalom. And what's good for the Yom ultimately will be good for us. But the bottom line is, when Mashiach will come, there will be no serial killers. That's for sure. Whether there will be professional sports, probably not either. But there will be no murderers. So if there will be no murderers, what do you need Arei Miklat for? And that is the question of the Chassam Soifer. Says the Chassam Soifer, what's going on? Don't we say, Bila Maves La Netzach, Lo Yisagoy Al Goy Cherev. You know a good song for that? There are a lot of good songs, right? One nation will not lift up a sword against another nation. And the, you know, the United Nations in the front of their building, they have this ironic uh, quote 
that they will beat their um, swords into plowshares. No nation will lift up a sword against another. What they're trying to say is they want to eradicate, you know, you know which state. That's what they're trying to say. But, but that's what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk says, when Mashiach comes, there'll be no more wars. So what do you need an Arei Miklat? Ah, so you'll say, you're right, there won't be serial, serial killers, but it doesn't say anywhere there won't be any shlamazels. You'll still have, uh, you know, just because there won't be any murderers, it doesn't mean people won't still be clumsy. The same clumsy people will still be, you know, dropping things when Mashiach comes. The guy who climbs up a ladder and drops a brick on someone's head, now he'll be doing that when Mashiach comes also. So, Ari Miklat is not for murderers. Ari Miklat is for Shoigeg. And in fact, if you look in number 19, in the Sefer Be'er Basada, a student of the Maskal Ladavid, Rav David Pardo, he in fact says, I don't know what the whole question is. All of them are Farsham ask, what do we need Ari Miklat for when the Mashiach comes? We're going to need it for Shoigeg. And likewise, the Aruch Lener, number 16, he says, we're going to need... Um, Arei Miklat for Shoigeg. Even though he quotes a statement of Chazal, Bila Maves Lanetzach, nobody will die, that just means that nobody will die through illness or sickness or, or um, choyli, but the people could still die through murderers, and therefore uh, we'll need Arei Miklat. That's the first answer. In other words, the question is, why would we need Arei Miklat? And the answer is we need it for people who kill the Shoigeg. So you think that's a simple answer. So let's end the shir early tonight and get some extra sleep. But here's the thing. Don't you remember Rashi in Parashas Mishpatim? Rashi says on the Pasuk, And if you didn't lay an ambush and God brought the murder to your hand, what does that mean, God brought the murder to your hand? So Rashi says, Like the mushal of the early authorities, What's mushal hakadmoini? Rav Nasan, that was a question on the Chumash test on Parshas Mashpatim. What does it mean, mushal hakadmoini? Mushal hakadmoini is the Torah. The Torah is called kad, um, the mushal of kadmoini shalaylam, of HaKadosh Baruch The mushal is like this. You have two guys. One guy is a serial killer, but nobody ever caught him, so he was never punished. One guy is a shlamazel, he's dropping bricks on people all the time, but nobody ever caught him, so he never went to Gullus. So what does God do? He sets him up. The serial killer is walking under a ladder. The shlamazel is climbing up the ladder. Sure enough, the shlamazel falls on the serial killer. He kills the serial killer. Serial killer gets his just desserts. The shlamazel is now caught killing Meshagig, and now the shlamazel has to go to Gullus. So what do you see from here? Are Miklad is only needed to, for situations where Hashem's going to set up someone who killed B'Shoigeg to kill someone who killed B'Mezid. But if no one's killing B'Mezid, then we're not going to catch anyone killing B'Shoigeg. So we don't need Are Miklad anymore. So don't say, oh, I still need Are Miklad for a situation of Shoigeg. No, because the purpose of the Are Miklad is when God orchestrates that someone who killed B'Shoigeg will kill someone who killed B'Mezid, but there's nobody anymore who kills B'Mezid. So I would have said, 
Nah, come on. That's not the only reason. It's not the only situation where someone who kills Bashagig is going to go into the Ari Miklat. Sometimes there are people who just kill Bashagig, but, but the truth is maybe not because that guy who was killed, he's only killed because he killed Well, maybe he was killed for another reason. So, but that's, uh, therefore, the Yichsam Soifer asks, and the Arizal in Likute Torah in this week's parsha asks, the bottom line is, when Mashiach comes, there will not be murderers, b'mezid, b'shoigeg, what do you need the R.A. Mikla for? And? When we were exiled. When we were exiled, you want to know if it if it existed in times of the second base of Mikdash? Yes. I believe so. Well, if we're not in Eretz Yisrael, you want to know? Do we need a, today? Yeah. Can there be Ari Miklat? Yeah. We need shayftim. We need a court system. We don't have a court system. We don't, we can't give capital punishment. All the the whole system, the whole judicial system of halacha, we don't have. We don't have a. No, because... No, but it's only... only because a Goyal Hadam cannot take revenge against somebody if there's no court system to try somebody. In other words, if there's no way to try a murderer, then a relative cannot uh, avenge his, his murder. Let me tell you another interesting thing. Chazal tell us that any Jewish king that conquers any country, once he conquered Eretz Yisrael, has Kedushas Eretz Yisrael. Which means, if David HaMelech, after conquering Eretz Yisrael, what, he conquered other lands, he conquered Aram Tsova, he conquered Syria, so Syria had Kedushas Eretz Yisrael. If he would have conquered Mansi, then Mansi would have had Kedushas Eretz Yisrael. If he would have conquered Williamsburg, Williamsburg would have had Kedushas Eretz Yisrael. If he would have conquered the five towns, then Central Avenue would have been like Eretz Yisrael. But, therefore, when Mashiach comes, definitely Melech HaMashiach will first conquer Eretz Yisrael, and then he'll head his way toward a peninsula, Central Avenue, and all of the United States of America will be subsumed by Eretz Yisrael. You say, who says that? Chazal say that Asid Eretz Yisrael, Asid Eretz Yisrael, Shetespashit B'chol HaOilam. So I have one question for you. When Mashiach comes, we have to separate another three Ari Miklat. Where are we going to separate it? By the Kani, the Kenizi, and the Kadmoni. So think about it. Jordan has three. Israel has three. And the rest of the world has three. Does that make sense? Just think of proportionally. Think about how small Israel What Israel is smaller than New York State? Right? Israel is what, the size of New Jersey? I don't know, how big is it? Half the size of New Jersey. It's the size of Lakewood. No. <laughs> Israel is half... It's a, a very small country. So it gets three Ari Miklat. Jordan... I don't know. How big is Jordan compared to Israel? Bigger. Bigger. Jordan gets three. And China and India and Russia and America, they get three. So how, how, is, how is that even dis- distribution? You're still going to have people doing the making chachkalach in China. You're still going to have a whole big uh, people flying there all the time to make. Where do you make that? Where do you get? I made it in China. You're still going to have those guys. So, 
That's question number one. It's not even distribution. And question number two, the Menchas Chanachwansa asks, and this is our question this evening, is what are we going to need Ari Miklat for when Mashiach comes? And basically the Menchas Chanach says, we're not really going to need it. It's a Gzeras HaKosov. It's a heavenly decree. We don't know why we need it. We're not going to need it. It's not going to actually be put in use. God said, when Mashiach comes, what do you need to do? I mean, this is a great mystery. This is one of the biggest mysteries in the Torah. You would think God is saying, when Mashiach comes, you know, do this, do these great things. No, make refugees, refugee cities for murderers, and you're not even going to need them. So that is answer number two. What will we need the Ari Miklat for? We won't, but God said to do it, so we're going to do it. Answer number three. The Yidei Moshe, number 12 on the sheet. The Yidei Moshe, a very interesting commentary on the Medrash. The Medrash says that someone who kills Beshoige goes into Golas. However, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, uh, when there's no Yetzir Hara, then Bila Mavas Lanetzach. So the Yidei Moshe says, what are we going to need the Arei Miklat for? So listen to his answer. His answer is, because right now, running around, you have all these people who killed Beshoige. You never know. You're in shul. The guy right behind you. You don't know what he did, you know, when nobody was looking. He's the, he's the guy with the brick, you know. He, he may have killed B'shoigeg. You don't know how many people, at the Minyan with 40 people, how many of them are Reutzchim B'shoigeg. They're, they're everywhere, these um, unintentional murderers. And as soon as Mashiach comes, their life's in danger. So God says, first thing you do when Mashiach comes, all these unintentional murderers, they're going to have to... Uh, they're going to have to run away to the Ari Miklat. I'm just remembering now, Rav Aaron Cutler would say, why do Rosh Yeshivas, they're always in Golas. They're always fundraising, you know. But, see, where's the Rosh Yeshiva? He ain't in Yeshiva. Where is he? He's, you know, he's in Florida, he's in California, he's in Panama, he's in Mexico City, but he's not in the Yeshiva. Why? He's fundraising. That's the job of Rosh Yeshiva. Why, why is it their fate that here they... They wanted to go into uh, Clay Kodesh for I- idealistic reasons to stay in learning and they spend the most of their life collecting money. Why? So I'm calling because sometimes in Shir, somebody asks a dumb question and the Rebbe sometimes gives like a sharp answer and he unintentionally embarrassed the person, Barabim, so he's a Reitzayach and therefore he has to go into Galos. <laughs> That's what Aaron used to say. I don't know, humorously, not humorously, but bottom line is, anyone who killed B'Shoigeg, you know, Sukkot is coming up, even though who's thinking about Sukkot? But uh, it's August. I don't know, is Sukkot come out in August this year? Everything's very early. I think, I think we get Sukkot in September still, yeah? Anyway, one of the reasons for Sukkot is in case we killed B'Shoigeg, we go into Golos. So you never know what falls under the category of Ritzicha B'Shoigeg? And right now in this world, if somebody kills B'Shoigeg, they're safe. But as soon as Mashiach comes, they're going to have to go into Golos. So therefore, when Mashiach comes, we're going to make Are Miklat. That's answer number three. Answer number four. When Mashiach comes, miraculously, people are going to be good. It's a big miracle. You think, that guy is going to be good when Mashiach comes? He's such a rotten, lousy, grouchy, good-for-nothing. He's not going to do anything bad with Mashiach. No, it's going to be a big miracle. So really, you shouldn't have to separate Ari Miklat. But you can't rely on miracles. 
In this world, you need to act based on the natural process. And the natural process is, if there are human beings around, the mistakes are bound to happen. Someone's bound to... Therefore, we have to separate Ari Yeah, but we're not going to need it because God miraculously is going to remove from people any evil desires. You're right, He'll do that miraculously. But you can't rely on miracles. You can't rely on miracles. Take a look at number 17. There was a great tzaddik by the name of Rav David Pardo. He was an Italian gadol who wrote a parish on Rashi called Maskil Ladavid. Rav David Pardo, he lived from 1718 to 1792. He wrote something called a super commentary on Rashi. What's a super commentary? Um, super commentary means a commentary on a commentary. Is a super, so any parish on Rashi is called a super commentary. The Mizrahi, the Gor Aryeh, the Sifsei Chachamim, and the Maskele David. So he's living in Italy. He also wrote on the Toisefta, the Chastei David. And he has a hard time making a living. He was a Rebbe for children, and finally he got a job as a Rav. And he was making a living, and he decided to move to Eretz Yisrael. And the Chida praises him greatly for immigrating to Eretz Yisrael, despite the fact that he was making a living in Chutzar. So in other words, someone goes to Eretz Yisrael, because they're not making any money in America anyway, okay, you know, they have no, nothing's holding them here. But if somebody has a Parnas and they still go, I had this Chus to find his Kever, on Har Hazesim. I went with um, Josh Wander, took us around, and we found the grave of Reb David Pardo. It's uh, quite an old kever, quite difficult to read. There's something, I don't know if you're familiar with, something called TorahAnytime.com. Take a check out that clip. Uh, we have a very nice clip of the grave of Reb David Pardo. So he wrote a perush on um, Rashi. And he asked the following question. There's a big mach like this. What, what are the Mois Mashiach going to look like? So one man to Amar holds, all the prophecies of the Nevi'im, they're all about Mashiach. All the miraculous visions of the prophets are all about the Mois Mashiach. So there's an opinion that Mashiach will be like a supernatural existence. Shmuel, on the other hand, is of the opinion that Ein Bain the only difference between nowadays and Mashiach is we will not be persecuted, we will not be subjugated, we will not have to deal with uh, any um, anti-Semitism, any fear from the nations of the world. We'll be able to devote ourselves wholeheartedly and fully to the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that is how the Rambam Paskins. In other words, if you think Mashiach is going to be like flying carpets and, you know, angels coming and bringing you dinner, not really, that's not how we paskin. Could be drones will be bringing you dinner and it could be there'll be hoverboards and you could go wherever you want, but it's not going to be a supernatural existence according to most opinions. So the Maskal David asks, according to the opinion that life will be completely supernatural when Mashiach comes and there'll be no death and no Misa, what will we need R.A. Miklat for? Listen to this interesting answer because Chassam Sofer gives the same answer. All the promises of the Nevi'im that things will be supernatural when Mashiach comes, that's only for the Jewish people. But what about for the converts? For the converts who 
as Mashiach is coming, there'll be a lot of people who jump on the bandwagon. There'll be a lot of Gerim. So for all these Gerim, they're going to want to join the Jewish people. For them, life will be just as natural, and they could still kill Beshoigeg, and they will not be elevated to the supernatural existence. And that is what, they, what we need, are a miklat for, for the Gerim. So that is answer number five. Sure. You need Uber. You need Uber. For the righteous Gentile, they will have what we are now, that's what they will be, and we'll be elevated to a more idyllic state of being. Oh, yeah, you mean, look, you need people to, you know, if you, let's say you forget, your air conditioner goes off on a hot day on Shabbos. So what are you going to do? You know? So, okay, that is answer number five. That is answer number five. Let us progress. Very interesting Chassam Seifer, because we still have not explained why the Pasuk says, V'im yarchev Hashem kasher nishba now look carefully at these Pesukim. These Pesukim say, well, Who will God widen the borders for? When you keep all the mitzvahs, which indicates who we're talking about. We're talking about Tzadikim Gemurim, who observe all the mitzvahs in the Torah. Chassam Sofer says in Parashas Nitzavim, we have a different uh, passage, and it speaks about those who do tshuva. It talks about, V'shavta ad Hashem those who repent, talks about those who uh, return to God. Now, who's on a higher level? The Baal Tshuva or the Tzadik Gamor? So we just had in Yevamis, on Daf Samach Dalet, Enoi Doimeh, Tzadik ben Tzadik, Tzadik ben Rasha. Happens to be, uh, whoever gave shir in this room gave shir on that subject. I don't know, they have the Maramakomis there on the Bima. But usually the Gemara says in Brachas, "B'makom shabale tshuva oimdim tzadikim gemurim enam yichayim lamed." Those who do tshuva, those who repent, those who sinned and come close are on a higher madrega than those who never sinned at all. That's a little surprising. You would think those who never sinned would be uh, on a much higher level. No, Chazal tell us those who never sinned, are actually not on the same madriga as those who sinned and repent. Therefore, says Chassam Sofer like this, in this week's parsha, we're talking about the Tzadikim Gemurim. The Tzadikim Gemurim will not be on such a high madriga. For them, Mashiach will be more natural. And they're going to need Arei Miklat. But in Nitzavim, where it's talking about those who sinned and did tshuva, they're going to be on a much higher level of existence, and they won't need Arei Miklat. Interesting. That Chassam uh, Sofer says, in the end of days, those who do tshuva will not be on, uh, will be on a much higher level than those who do not do tshuva. Those who were not needed to do tshuva because they were tzaddikim gemurah. Marvra Boisai. Get a load of this. We said that when Mashiach comes, we will conquer another three lands. What's, what are they called? Kani. Kanizi, Kadmoini. You ever hear of them? You ever like go on vacation and you're talking, the guy says, you know, what's, what's that? He says, it's a yarmulke. And where are you from? I'm a Kanizi. 
Have you ever met a Knizi? Have you ever met a Kadmoini? Have you ever met a Kani? Yeah, you guys are so boring, you know? Never? Who, who are these people? Daniel, any in West Hempstead? You know, maybe. Who are the Kani, Knizi, and Kadmoini? Says the Shlach Kadosh, Amoin, Mayav, and Edoim. We know now, nowadays we're not going to conquer these lands. God said, don't, don't distress Amoin. Don't distress Mayav. Don't even go through, don't even uh, harass Edoim. That's nowadays. We take over their lands. They're Amoin, Mayav, and Edoim. Now, the Shlach Kadosh discusses the following question. On the one hand, Chazal say, when Mashiach comes, we're going to conquer ten lands. Elsewhere, doesn't the Pasuk say in Tehillim, V'yerj miyam al yam? I thought we are going to take over America, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, even democratic states, even blue states, red states, you name it, we're going to take over. Alaska, Hawaii, you know, everything, South America, Iceland, we're going to take over everything. So what are these ten nations? Why only ten? What about the whole world? And the answer is, it's a progression. It's a process. First we'll take over Eretzisau proper, then we'll take over the ten lands, and then we start covering the rest of the globe. And therefore, says the Shlach Kadosh, you're right, ultimately, Bila Mavah and death will vanish, and there won't be any more mass murderers, and there won't be any murderers b'shoigeg. And when Klaiso take over, kal ha'ilam kulai, are miklat will not be necessary. But in the initial stages of the Mois HaMashiach, when it will be more natural order, and we only take over ten lands, we will then still need the are miklat. That is answer number seven. And the final answer for tonight. It's an amazing answer. This is the answer of none other than the Arizal. Uh, who uh, writes this in this week's parsha, Likutei Torah, number twenty-three, and the, actually the Maskele David quotes the Arizal, and the Meshachachma says the same answer the Arizal without quoting him. He came up with it on his own. The Gemara in Sanhedrin tells us there's a very big contradiction. What exactly will Mashiach look like? What's, what is first of all? What is Mashiach's vehicle? What does, he, what does Mashiach drive? Tesla does a, Ira, what do you say? What would you give him? You'll, you'll say something like that. Tesla. Or uh, Mini, Cooper. Mini Cooper. The orange Mini Cooper. The light blue Mini Cooper. May fully loaded. What does Mashiach drive? Is Va'arul Anoni, is he riding the clouds? You know, all of a sudden we're going to look up one day, we're going to hear, you know, Mashiach's riding on the clouds, you know, with his cape and his crown and or Ani Roichavana Achamar, he's riding a donkey. Fashlepta, what does it mean he's riding a donkey? He's riding like in a 78 Chevy. You know? Well, so is Mashiach going to come in a supernatural existence? Now, on the one hand, the Pasuk says, Vagarza Evim Keves, the wolf will live with the lamb. And on the other hand, Chazal say, Oilam Kimen Hagenoyeg. So it's well known there are two ways Mashiach could come. Like the puzzle says, in its time, or God could hasten it. There is a time that by hook or by crook, 
When this time comes, Mashiach will come. And if it comes that way, we might not deserve it. And God will have to bring it miraculously. And if God brings it miraculously, He's going to bring it despite the fact that we don't really deserve it. And it's going to be a supernatural existence. And the wolf will lay with the lamb. And it will be Bila Mava But here's another possibility. Another possibility is we speed it up on our own, through our own Masim Toivim. And we uh, advance the coming of Mashiach, we expedite his coming. I know someone in Israel, what does he do? He has on his business card, he is a redemption expediter. That's why he's a redemption expediter. So we could expedite the redemption. If we do that, it will be a natural world order. Now, what would you rather? What would you rather? Would you rather, you know, flying carpets and Mashiach coming in the cloud on an eagle? Or would you rather just things be as they are, but you don't have any impediments and you don't have any interferences and you have a peaceful, idyllic, I'm good with the natural. But that's, that's what will happen if we expedite it. If we don't expedite it and it happens at its predestined time, it will be um, supernatural. Now, Says the Chachma. Says the Arizal. And this is based on a very Kabbalistic idea that Hevel, who was killed by Cain, deserved to be killed, and his children still have to rectify what Hevel's infraction was, and, we're gonna, and they still need Are Miklat. And now we can understand the reading of the Psukim. You ready for this? If we expedite the Gula, it will be a natural order of the world. And in that case, we're going to need Ari Miklat. You know why the Torah says, V'im y'archev Hashem It doesn't mean, and if Mashiach comes. Of course Mashiach is coming. V'im y'archev Hashem means, and if God expounds your boundaries because you expedited the Geula, so you caused God to expand Eretz Yisrael because you fulfilled all the mitzvahs, so now you're bringing Mashiach in a process called what? Achishena, then you're going to have to make Ari Miklat. That's V'yim Yarchiv. Not and if Mashiach comes, but if Mashiach comes naturally because of your Masim Toivim, you're going to need Ari Miklat. But there's another way for it to come, and that it could, it could come flying in the sky. Because uh, we didn't deserve it, so God miraculously has to give it to us. And then it will be a supernatural existence, and then we're taka not going to need Ari Miklat. That's how the Arizal learns it Kabbalistically, and if you look at number 24, that's how the Meshachachma reads it. He says, There are two kinds of redemptions. Redemption number one, it comes in its time, which is if we're not Zoycha, and then God will remove the spirit of Tumah, and the wolf will, rest, will lay with the lamb, and there will be no dysfunction, and there will be no murders, and then there's Achishena, when the generation is Kulay Zakai, and then Oilam Kimen Hagai Noyeg, and Ein Bein Oilam Azen Mashiach. So that's why it says Im, not if Mashiach comes, but if Mashiach comes that way. But I think one thing is for sure, it is definitely worthy of note that the one mitzvah God gives for the times of Mashiach is what to do if somebody makes a big blunder.
which goes to show how prone to mistake we human beings are. Because think about it. We think, oh, when Mashiach comes, everything is going to be perfect. Life will never be perfect. It's not possible for a bus or a dam, like the Messiah Susharm says, that a human being is prone to error. We're very likely to make mistakes, very likely to, to uh, err. And sometimes part of living in this world is accepting the imperfection. And as the month of Elul is here, and as correct and perfect that we all want to be, realize the Yibbam Shalom is reminding us, even when Mashiach comes, the one thing you're going to have to do is take out an insurance policy, what to do if somebody makes that uh, colossal blunder. So that's part of human existence, that's part of uh, our stay in this world. And Bab Ezra Hashem, we look forward to the fruition of this little segment in the parsha of Im Yarchiv Hashem Lekecha Eskevulcha, and that will be Kesishma Eskal Mitzvah Azois. And the way that Arizal reads the Psukim, this is talking about the coming of Mashiach through our actions when we expedite it through the process of Achishena. May we be zoichet to see it. Sheyavay b'mhervi Ameno Amen. Shkayach. So she's still, uh, she's not out of a job. <laughs> You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.